Ahoy legend! Welcome to The Leadership Question. I'm Travis Thomas, CEO and Executive Coach at Team Buffalo. Over the last decade, I've worked with thousands of leaders to overcome some of the most difficult leadership challenges by using a blend of psychology, business, and strategy. This podcast has no theories, no gimmicks, and no bullshit. Just answers to your leadership questions so you can lead a team, company, and successful career. Let's get started with today's episode. Ahoy, legend. Welcome to another episode of the Team Buffalo podcast. I'm your host, Travis Thomas. Today's topic is, should I really conduct an exit interview? It's an interesting one. This has come up quite a bit lately, and I think the reason it's come up a fair bit lately Obviously, is there's a global talent shortage, people are on the go, lots of changes, and some people are asking, well, should I even bother? Does it really matter why someone's leaving? Before we get right into the answer, I think we should unpick a little bit of what they're asking, see if the context makes a whole lot of a difference, and then we can go from there. So quick question. My assistant is leaving at the end of the month. I have always heard you should lead an exit interview with anyone who quits. Is an exit interview still normal? If the person was part-time, does that make a difference? And should I lead the exit interview? And can you let me know what types of questions should be included? I'm going to cover off on the exit interview bit because I think that's important and it answers the question. But then I'll give you a useful thing that you should also be doing beyond the exit interview. So stay tuned in for that bit after. But to start with, unequivocally, yes. The answer is yes, we should do an exit interview. Well, you might go, well, Travis, you know, I had three people leave last week and this happened. Regardless of how many have left and why they've left, you still need to know. And I think by not knowing, you leave yourself vulnerable to what you might not have known rather than knowing and just reaffirming what you thought you knew. So it's kind of like, if I didn't ask, was I right? But if I did ask and I was right, then I was right. But if I did ask and I wasn't right, well, good, I've learned something I didn't know. So some of the things you want to keep an eye out for an exit interview are that you might be seeing a lot of and that are fairly common at the moment are things like pay. People are leaving for pay. And I'm going to give you that tactic at the end that I will think will help with some of this. But you, you need to make sure you're asking the right questions at the right time. So one is pay. Another is culture. Shockingly... Not necessarily to us, but shockingly to other leaders uh, without being judgy. They're saying, well, people are leaving because they say they don't enjoy working here or they don't like their boss or they're having a rough go and they don't feel supported. Yeah, people have just been through a pandemic for a couple of years. We're still going through it. We're now on the heels of an economic recession globally, and I think we're kind of there. And people are now dealing with extremely high levels of burnout, levels of burnout you know, I've been in the workplace for, oh, I don't want to make myself date. It was working in my late teens, so we'll say 20 odd years. And I've never seen kind of this level of exhaustion in the workforce in, in my whole working life, which is, you know, about half of my life or so. And I think that says something. And I think if you think that doesn't say something as a leader, you're leaving yourself well and truly open to people feeling like they're not looked after and not supported. So, extreme burnout. And then on the back of that is low tolerance, given the high market opportunity for poor leadership. So what that means is there are really 
really high levels of job vacancies. Unemployment rate is as low as it's been for a long period of time. Of course, these things are cyclical and it will turn. But for now, employees have buying power. If you are not a great organization to work with or you're a terrible leader or even you're a leader that's just busy and not looking after your people, you will lose people purely based on the sole volume of market opportunity that's out there. People are tired and they have choices. You know, if there's a lot of choices, a lot of fish in the sea, I will go. And it's really not that hard. And in many industries that I'm consulting in at the moment, people are being headhunted directly. They're getting direct outreach from recruiters saying, hey, I know that employer is kind of paying around this amount. We offer these benefits. We've got this culture and we'll pay this level of salary. How would the person not entertain that? And if you're a good leader and maybe you're paying a little bit below market rates, that's okay. You know, pe- people will stay for that. Some people will take lower pay in exchange for a guaranteed or a really good culture that they know. But if the culture's crap, you're not looking after people, they're not being developed and they're being pushed to the brink, they're going to go. So we need to understand why are they leaving? Is it burnout? Is it salary? Is it they, you know, something we couldn't get past? Or there's another bucket which I think is really important to remember too, is there are healthy reasons for attrition. So for years, I've always said to leaders, you should have two categories for when someone leaves, healthy and unhealthy attrition. Healthy attrition are things like, you know, I'm going to start a new career. So for example, my team about a year or two ago, I had someone leave, she was amazing, but she left because she was going to become a teacher. Well, why would I try and convince that person to stay on the team when they were studying to become a teacher, they're not positioned to become a teacher, and they've always wanted to be a teacher? We knew that when we brought her on board, but that's okay. That's healthy attrition. That's not, you know, oh, we should have made her stay and we didn't convince her. No, let her go. That's not what she wanted. Let her go. Let her be the thing she was meant to be. And if she wants to come back, I would hire her back in a heartbeat because she's amazing. And she knows that. And we had that conversation. Great. Other healthy attrition reasons are change in lifestyle or circumstances. You know, one person, their partner moved away and they decided that they only want a part-time job. Unfortunately for that job, it couldn't be accommodated with this particular individual in this scenario and this client that they could do part-time. You do your best to make accommodations, but that's an unreasonable accommodation when the business just couldn't tolerate that as a part-time role. It needed to be full-time. They tried finding someone to job share, couldn't find someone. They did make an effort and it didn't work. That would be healthy attrition. Yes, we would have liked to retain them, but we could not retain the person in that scenario. So we've got two examples there of healthy attrition. There are a number of others. If you do research online, I'm sure you'll find multiple others, or I'm happy to chat about those. Unhealthy attrition is, of course, the things that are preventable or things that maybe we didn't know were an issue, but we probably should have known. So poor leadership, uh, people being burned out and not being looked after, increasing workloads, sometimes because of the fact that those other vacancies on the team exist, your existing team members will have to carry the additional load. Keep an eye on them. If they get burned out and they see others heading for the door, they may head for the door. Pay, when we could have done something about pay, is a really terrible reason. You know, I had a um, previous clients who have said, uh, and I'll never go into details, but previous clients who have said, hey, you know, we keep losing people to X, Y, Z down the road. And I say, well, what are they paying? I said, they're paying this. I said, what are you paying? Paying this. Why is there such a big gap? Oh, look, well, we want to keep our, our costs as low as possible. Well, look, it's nice to try and keep your costs at a certain level. And yes, you need to still make money. But if you're clear that the rest of the market is paying multiple levels above yours to the point where you're non-competitive, you're going to lose in that model. You cannot expect people to stay when they know the market pays more than that. 
So those are examples of unhealthy attrition. We've talked about healthy attrition. Some of the questions you want to ask in the interview, which I think are really important, are what are some of the great things that you had while working here? You know, some of the things you enjoyed or some of the things we did particularly well as an employer. On the other side is one of the things we could have done better or we should have stopped doing. Or if you were sat in my seat, what would you have done differently if you were the leader? I think that's super important. You know, if you could have my job for a day, what would you immediately change? What were some of the things you think we should keep doing that you know did help and were good and you would still speak kindly about? Uh, an interesting question that people don't like to ask because they're afraid of the answer, but I think is really important is, would you recommend a friend to come work here? So if someone's quitting or leaving for whatever reason, if they say no, there's something there. Why would they say no to that if they were happy with it? It's kind of like you go to a restaurant, the food was great, but it's not your kind of food. You still recommend it. You'd still say, hey, you know, it's a great place to eat. You know, I'm not big into that type of food, but whatever it's, you know, I'd highly recommend it. Same with this type of scenario. I know that's not the best analogy is if someone would not recommend it, something's not resolved there. And if they say no, ask, say, look, I hope you don't mind me asking. You know, it's important for us that we learn from this and, and do the best we can to keep great people like yourself is why wouldn't you recommend this place to somebody who you know, or someone who's looking for a role? I think that's really, really important. So those are some starter questions. There are a series of questions you can ask, but I think if you just started with those kind of three to five questions, that would really help you. Now, I did promise you something that was equally powerful and in my opinion, more powerful than an exit interview and can preempt a lot of this stuff. And in this example that the person gave, it's not necessarily a big problem, but I think it's worth mentioning today on this topic. And that's what I call the staying interview. What the heck are you talking about? So a lot of good leaders will have coaching on a regular basis. They'll have catch-ups with their employees on a regular basis. Great. That's fine. Those are all the healthy things you should do. But I recommend when you do either your quarterly planning with your team or your individuals, sorry, not as a team, but as individuals on the team, or you do your quarterly development planning or how often you do that goal setting with them, I'd suggest at some interval in that, not leaving it for years and years, but to have a, a staying interview. And to ask them, hey, you know, I want to understand, why do you keep working here? What about this place do you love? What about this place, even though you're still here, do you think we could maybe improve? If you were to take my role for a day or to be promoted up into my role, which is entirely possible because I want to be promoted, you want to be promoted, what would you change? I think those questions, again, are similar to what you would hear in an exit interview. But the real power in this is that you can ask the question learn the insights and make the changes before the person leaves, before. So if I get insights that three out of my five people are telling me there's a problem with X, Y, Z, I should probably do something. And if they all say it's really frustrating them or burning them out or making them question what they're doing, I should definitely fix the damn thing. So I think it's super powerful. I've talked about this past in the blog and in our newsletter and I cannot recommend enough that you're doing regular catch-ups with your people to see if this is coming. Like the teaching example, I knew that person was going to go. I knew when their uni degree was wrapping up. The person with a change in circumstances, because we had a good relationship, they gave me well and truly more notice than was required. I looked after them during that period and it was fine. So make sure you're doing those things. Make sure you're looking after your people as best you can. It's a tough time out there. Do your exit interviews. Do your staying interviews. 
understand what those insights are and make the right changes to keep your people engaged and keep your business and career going and growing. I've been Travis, your host. You can check out more of these insights, tools, tactics, and tips at teambuffalo.co slash newsletter, where you can subscribe for our weekly content. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode and keep being awesome. Thank you.